Hallelujah. Glory be to God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. How many here this morning are excited about Jesus? How many are really excited about Jesus? Come on. No, I... I didn't hear you. I, I, I want to hear some shouting around here. Come on. How many are really excited about Jesus? Woo, hallelujah. Glory be to God. If Jesus walked in this room, what would you do? What would you do? Would you sit at your seats? You would stand up. Jesus is here in honor of his presence. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up, praise him. Praise him. He says, where two, where two or three are gathered together, there am I in your midst. God is with us. How dare we sit all relaxed, like I'll sleep through this one. Not if we have our way. Now that you're all standing up, some of you come down and kind of fill these empty seats in front. It makes it so much easier to teach when you're not teaching empty seats. You get people to respond to you. Come on, there's five beautiful seats right here. Two over there, we're not using them. Last Sunday, as most of you probably know, I don't make it a lot of Sunday mornings. That's because my nights and days are all confused, and sometimes I wake almost all night, and then I sleep in the morning. I was awake most of last night, but I said, I'm not going to eat a big breakfast. I am going to be there, so here I am standing here. I promise I won't go to sleep on you. <laughs> Last Sunday, I woke up about 11.15 probably, and re-woke up, I guess I should say, and, and I started to listen to a program on the Internet, and it just wasn't resonating. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you for moving for me. What I was listening to on the television, on the cable, wasn't doing anything for me. And I turned it off, and I just said, Lord, what are you saying to your people? I didn't have a rapport with what I was hearing. I wanted to know, Lord, what are you saying to your people? And as I sat there, I was at my desk, actually in my office, and I sat there just praying. And he began to bring back one story after the other, in my life about praise. Now, I had no idea what was happening here, but we're one in the spirit, and Al was here enjoying what was happening, and I was at home receiving, I really believe. And I said, Lord, what are you saying? And it reminded me, during praise, we were in a church probably twice the size, and, and it was straight across, and I was sitting over there, the doctor had told me that I had cancer the week before. And um, that's not a good news. That's not the kind of report you want to get. And uh, I said, doctor, actually, it was a testing facility. And um, A.L. was scheduled to leave on Friday for Africa. He said, I'll stay home and fight with you. I said, that's admitting defeat right there if you stay home. So you have to go on to Africa. And we commanded that the cancer to leave, and he left for Africa. And I did really good till about Saturday, and I just felt like I was on the top of a slide. And, and my faith level was here, but it was just getting ready to I could feel it was just like getting ready to give out on me. I, 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 was, I was allowing fear to come in. And you can't be in faith and fear at the same time. And, and as I, I realized that, I called some friends, and I said, I need to go to a church that they really do praise. I mean, like we were seeing, praise on Sunday morning. And we drove for two hours. We lived at Big Bear Lake up in the mountains. We drove down to Orange County, went into the church. They had no reason, they had no idea why. I didn't, we weren't telling anyone what the, you know, the report had been. I was sitting on the front row, I was standing on the front row, and we were praising, and we were praising, and we were praising. And I moved at some point, I don't know when, away from the front row, and I'm up kind of like the side of the platform, just praising the Lord, both hands up, just praising the Lord. And all of a sudden, God said to me in words, 
He said, you're in my presence. I jumped about a foot. And I just, I looked around in the spirit realm. And I was in his presence. I was before the throne of God. The only time I've been in that place in heaven. And the next thing he said to me is, can cancer be in my presence? And I said, no. Beginning and end of the problem. Why should we praise him? Because it's in praise that he can answer the deepest hurts, needs of our hearts. It said, why does Satan fight praise? Because it's victory over the devil. That's why. And when you get into corporate praise here, now I can praise the Lord at home by myself, and I do. And it's pretty thin. One person praising the Lord by themselves. But you get here, you know, the word says one can put a thousand to flight, two, not 2,000, two can put 10,000 to flight. See the multiplication when we come together and when we praise him? And then Ale came home, and, and I was just thinking of one incident after the other about praise. And Ale came home, and, and his face was lit up, and I said, wow, you had a good meeting. And he said, I did. He was later than usual. I said, you had a good meeting. And I said, what happened? He said, we praised the Lord. We praise the Lord. He says, the spirit of praise came. If we want to win the victory, we have to enter into praise. We have to. David said, praise the Lord, O my soul. Body, praise the Lord. You don't feel like it? Do it anyway. Do it until you feel like it. Do it until it's joyful. Do it. Just in obedience. So we're really here in confirmation of what happened last Sunday and what your pastors are feeling. We have got to move back into exuberant praise to the Lord. Clap your hands, all you people. Clap your hands. That's praise. That's praise. Sing into the Lord. Dance. I was going to go through the Bible this week and read all the verses on praise, couldn't be done. Too many verses, I couldn't do it. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just print out the ones in Psalms that say praise the Lord. We got about two-thirds of those read. 154 verses in Psalms have the word praise in them. Now, I'm not counting sing, shout, be joyful, all these other expressions of praise that are there. We need to, by an act of our will, move in. And A.L., this is totally, totally not what we were expecting this morning. We were in Lancaster at a church, and A.L. was going to be the speaker first time we were there. And they had been having early morning prayer for about a month, praying for God's presence to take over. Praying for God's presence to take over. See, that's what we really want. When God's presence is felt, this church will be packed to the walls. When God's presence is felt, people won't be laying in bed on Sunday morning. They'll be there because they want to say, do you know when they cut the sound, they had kind of a sound going when we came in, and they cut the sound, they were getting up a platform where they take over and had the, you know, Sound come from the platform. I put my hands up to praise the Lord, and I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit hovering, hovering, hovering. He was waiting for us to get here. He was waiting for us to come in. See, when we come in the doors, we're supposed to come in with thanksgiving to praise him. To praise him. In Lancaster, they had been had been praying. They did just the men on their prayer meeting, but they had been coming and prayed early morning before they went to work for about, I don't know, this is the third, maybe the fourth week. I don't know how long they'd been doing it. And we were singing Sunday morning. It was good. 
And the worship leader came down and asked the pastor something, and, and he nodded yes, and, and I didn't know what was going on, but I was sitting next to him, and he nodded yes, and she went up and began singing a song of the Lord. And she said, just keep asking, just keep doing, just keep, and she would clap, dunk her hands, just keep knocking, just keep dunking. The third time she came to that, just keep knocking, it's like the back door opened and God walked in. We all felt it. It was like, everyone in leadership was not saying a word. Because you see, when you have God's presence come in like that, you don't want to say the wrong thing. As leaders, the people were still singing, but we were all in leadership. And the pastor went over and just took the mic. Now remember, we were about 300 there, I guess. And uh, he just took the mic and slapped it into A.L.'s hands. He was saying, I'm not touching this. You take it. And A.L. walked up, and he began to lead in voice praise. Thank you, God. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you. And it was just... He was just entertaining the presence of God, just allowing the presence of God. And as he did that, I've, it's so much easier sometimes when you're not the one people are looking at. And I'm going to say, Lord, what do you want? This morning during worship praise, I would say, Lord, what do you want? What do you want? We want his will. We don't care what our plans are. We want his will. You see, God wants his people to praise him. Praise him. We were doing a seminar, Big Bear Lake. Now, let me finish up, Lancaster. As you can see, I have not thought this through at all. Ael's up front. He's leading them with voice praise. I'm saying, Lord, what should we do? What is your will? I mean, this awesome presence of God. You're like, I mean, a lot of people are on the floor. And the Lord said, tell everyone to be quiet. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I'm a visitor there, and I'm going to tell them all to be quiet. And uh, he says, tell everyone to be quiet, to lift their hands into my presence and just receive. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Every one of you, lift your hands. Even the children, lift your hands. You could receive. You could feel Jesus. Yes. Lift your hands. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. He, he knows what you need. He knows. Don't bother telling him. He knows more what you need than you know. And he knows more what's wrong with your body than you know. Or the doctors know. Father, I need, <laughs> I need to praise you. I need to worship you. I need to just talk to you and tell you how much I love you. Yes. Let's do it. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give him the praise. Come on. Let's give him the praise. Come on. Let's give him the high praises. Let the high praises of God be in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hands. And we're advancing the kingdom of God and the will of God to be done right here, right here at Mercy Church. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you. So a few weeks later, we were at Big Bear Lake, and I keep skipping Lancaster, and I don't want to. People put their hands up, and they begin to praise him like that. And then I got up and I said, everyone be quiet. And they didn't know me. They knew I was sitting next to the pastor. That was kind of a recommendation. But they didn't really know me. I said, everyone be quiet. God says, it's time to receive. And a wave of healing miracles happened just like that across the group of people. And the rest of the time, until 12 o'clock, we had one person after the other, after the other, after the other, telling what God had done for them. 
So we were doing a praise and worship seminar at Big Bear Lake. Now I'll get to there. And I said, Lord, I said, I'm a mom. I said, I like it when my kids call and say, Mom, I remember on such and such a day this happened. And it was really great. You did this, this. And I really appreciate it. And I said, boy, that phone call would be so good. I said, but, you know, I wouldn't want that call all the time because I'd want to know what's going on in their lives. And so I don't understand why you're saying come into your presence and praise you and praise you and praise you and praise you and does not get tiring people and praise you. But, but why do you want that? And you know, God laughs at me, with me a lot of times and he just kind of chuckled. He said, it's not for me. I said, praise is not for you. It's, it's for you. When you praise the Lord, you throw off fear. When you praise the Lord, you throw off worry. When you praise the Lord, all the symptoms begin to leave. Praise is for you. It's for us. What does Satan hate praise? Figure it out. The chains fall off in praise. You know, you might start just kind of clapping. Everybody else is really going, and you wish you were one of them. Ten minutes later, you are. See, you move from where you are to where he wants us in praise. In praise. The Lord took us to three different illustrations that we do really want to share with you. Jehoshaphat. Does that word just ring in your spirit, praise? It should. A.L., you're going to tell them about Jehoshaphat. Yes. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Joyce. How many are excited about Jesus today? Yes. How many believe that, that he is worthy of our praise? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to just uh, share a little bit about King Jehoshaphat, this is from 2 Chronicles uh, chapter, 10, chapter 20. And uh, uh, Jehoshaphat was the king of the tribe of Judah. And so when they came in and, uh, and to take in possession, they came across the Jordan to possess, they were to take out the enemies. But there were three enemies left that, that they didn't take out. That was Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Well, in this story, it's Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir that came against the tribe of Judah, which was in Jerusalem, was the headquarters, and, and King Jehoshaphat was the king of, of Judah. And, and now, the word came to him, this is in Second Chronicles chapter 20, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and that included Jerusalem, and they came and told Jehoshaphat that a great multitude, and we find out later it was really a great multitude. It outnumbered, it outnumbered Judah by probably thousands. And they're all the nations, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sir, they're coming right, they're on their way right now. And uh, so they uh, came and told King Jehoshaphat that a great multitude is coming against you. And Jehoshaphat, well, we would have got a little scared under that circumstances. He feared and set himself to seek the Lord. You know, when fear comes in, all we got to do is set ourselves just to seek the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's the Prince of Peace. In the midst of the storm, he can be the Prince of Peace in the midst of every circumstance. Even if you have three huge armies coming together to come and wipe you out, Hallelujah! So he, what did he do? He proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah, and all of the cities of Judah, and they came to seek the Lord. How many believe? They were serious about seeking the Lord. And I tell you, folks, when the enemy comes against us, it's time to seek the Lord. 
We need to get up early in the morning and seek the Lord every day of our lives. So the Bible tells us how he, how Jehoshaphat uh, prayed. He says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations and in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand against you, O God? (laughs) Not those three armies, those huge armies, three armies coming together to come and annihilate you. He says, are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to, be, to the descendants of Abraham? And now, I mean, we need sometimes just remind ourselves who God is and who, who that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I believe that's what Jehoshaphat was doing. He had to remind himself who he was. We need to remind ourselves or who we are in God. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and they're coming to throw us out and your, your possession, which you have given us to inherit. They want our possession, but they're not going to get it. Oh, God, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Oh, that changes everything. Where are our eyes? Are we looking, looking for the, this army that's coming up, coming up the hill right now, coming in, in our direction, th- armies of three nations? Hopelessly, maybe a thousand to one, I don't know. In the natural, it seemed impossible. But I tell you, with God, all things are possible. And so it says, now all Judah and their little ones, their wives, their children, they stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the prophet. Oh, thank God for the prophets. Thank God for the prophets. And he said, oh, listen. Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Wait a minute. Don't be afraid. You got to be kidding. Don't you know who's coming against us? Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> the battle is not yours. No matter what we might be facing, maybe the army, armies of three nations coming against us, it seemed impossible. We're surrounded. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. Oh, we need to know who the battle is all, what the battle is all about, and who's going to win the battle. So he said, tomorrow, I want you to go against them. Oh, no, I, we were looking for a back door out of here. You know, we want to we wanna run toward the, uh, the other direction. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will not need to fight in this battle. What? He says, you won't even need to fight in it. We won't? And then he gave them their instructions. Position yourself. If we're going to win the battle, we need to know how to position ourselves. Position yourself. Stand still. Stand still, yes, and see the salvation of the Lord. You're getting ready to see something. You're getting ready to see something. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Is God with us? Is the Lord with us? Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear. 
Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them. What? We were looking for a place. We were going to run the other direction. Tomorrow you go out against them. What? We're hopelessly outnumbered. Maybe a thousand to one. I don't know. For the Lord, do not be dismayed. For the Lord is with you. For the Lord is with you. Everybody say, for the Lord is with me. Hallelujah. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all the inhabitants of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. They got down and bowed before the Lord. And here comes the enemy. They're just making a target out of themselves. <laughs> no, they were doing something. What were they doing? They were worshiping. They were worshiping the Lord. And then the priest stood up to praise the Lord. Okay, come on. It's one thing to worship. But the priest said, come on. If we're going to win this battle, it's going to be with the high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hands. He stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. If it had been me, I said, everybody, be quiet. Shh, the enemy's coming. Maybe we can slip out a back way, you know. No, they were lifting their voices loud and high in praises to God. And so they rose up early in the morning, and Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe. That's faith. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe this. Believe his, his prophets, and you shall prosper. Thank God for, for the prophetic word of the Lord. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should run, no, could outrun all the rest of us. No, no. He appointed those who could sing. He appointed the, wait a minute, he, he, he's calling the choir boys. He, 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 he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of holiness as they were, went out before the army and they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Now, when at that very moment they begin to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. <laughs> and they, when they, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. And they were defeated. How did that happen? They had destroyed one another. They had turned into mass confusion, and the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sir turned against one another. So when they came to a place overlooking the wilderness, here comes Judah, means praise. And they came to that place overlooking the wilderness. They looked toward the multitude, and there was nothing but dead bodies fallen to the earth. Not one single person of all of those thousands, I don't know how many thousands, that were to come against him because they had lifted their voice in high praise to God, and God inhabits the praises God inhabits the praises of his saints. <laughs> no one had escaped. No one. And when Jehoshaphat and the people came to take away their spoil, they found 
among them an abundance, an abundance of valuables on their dead bodies. Precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away, and they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. <laughs> and on that fourth day, they assembled, and they just began to bless the Lord. And they praised the Lord all the way back to Jerusalem, singing those high praises for what God had done. And all the nations heard of this victory. All the nations all around about. The word went out all over about this victory, and no one dared to attack Judah or Jerusalem as long as Jehoshaphat lived. Now, how did they pray for this country? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's say it a little louder. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. How should we pray? How should we praise for our countries? Praise the Lord. How should we pray for our nation right now? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. You know, we're in kind of the situation right now in our country, and in many countries of the world. It just seems like the enemy has the upper hand in so many places. But what happened when God's people began to praise the Lord? He brought confusion on the enemy, and they destroyed themselves. Is there a lesson there for us today? See, I believe everything that's in the Bible, every story, is not just history. We're not just supposed to happen. What, read what happened to Israel or Judah, you know, through the Old Testament. It's there for us today. Everything in the Bible is for me today. It's not just then. It's now. Because God doesn't change. When they were, the nation of Judah was faced with the impossible situation they sought the Lord, and I've been asking the Lord how to pray, probably for well over a year. I've been asking the Lord how to pray, what to say, what to speak over our nation. And we've had glimmers now and then, and we've had some high points now and then, just say on our few people in our home. But this is telling us, you see, we're told to Pray without ceasing. We're also told that praise should be continually in our mouth. How do you, even in the spirit realm, do two things at the same time? How do you praise the Lord continually and let praise be continually in your mouth? Think about it. Think about your prayer. My prayer. All of our prayer. Oh, God. And we tell him all the problems. Wrong. I did it for so many years. Tell him everything that's wrong with my kids and then tell him exactly how to change them. And do you know what happened? Nothing. Because I was praying amiss. How do you praise the Lord continually and pray? Now, you're going to start having morning prayer times. Are you going to be telling the Lord all that's wrong with our nation and all that's wrong with our neighbors and all that's wrong with our city and certainly with our state? We could talk for hours on that. Is that what we're going to do? Lift up his name. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So, you know, we're all from different countries. A.L.'s pretty much from England, his family, and my family is probably from England and Germany. Your families are from all different places. Lift up those names right now and just say over the nation, and I'm going to say the United States, but you say your nation, say 
over the United States, say it, over whatever country you're led to, I say, praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord over this whole world. His mercy, his mercy endures forever. What a promise we have. Now, I was praying about this last Tuesday night, I believe it was, middle of the night. I said, Lord, what do you want us to share and praise? What do we share and how do we share? We've done praise and worship seven hours, but this is not one. How do we really share what you're saying today, now, with a group of people that you'll have? And see, I believe each one of you is brought by God. I think there's others that should be here and aren't. That's okay. God will reach them. God took me to the story of the Shunammite woman. And I'm going, yeah, yeah I kind of thought through the story, and I'm going, I, I don't get it. Why is that the second thing you want us to relate? Shunammite woman. And uh, I went to my Bible the next morning and started reading the story to get it fresh again. And because it might not be fresh in your mind, it certainly was in mine. The Shunammite woman was in the city of Shuman, and the prophet Elisha would come to town, and he needed food to eat, and she would bring him into her home, their home, her husband and her, and feed him. And he was there regularly, and she said to her husband, she said, you know, he needs a place to sleep. Why don't we build a room up on the wall? That way he had independence from them, but he was still in a protected area at night. He said, why don't we build a room up on the wall? And they did, and she furnished it with a bed. The, ta- the Bible tells us this. She furnished it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. The Bible doesn't tell us why that's important, and I can't tell you why that's important. I'm going to get it sooner or later, why that's important. She furnished out the room, and he would come, and he would sleep there, and he would have food there, and he would be ministering. And he said to uh, her, he said, what do you need me to do for you? You're doing all this for me, and I so appreciate it. What do you want me to do for you? And uh, she said, I, I, he said, I could go to the king for you. I could go to the general of the army for you. And she says, I don't need anything. I'm here with my people. I'm fine. And so he was talking to his servant. And he said, we must do something for her. See, there's a desire build up. We must do something for her. And the servant says, I know what she needs. She doesn't have her son. And her husband is very old. And you know, in that day and age, if your husband died... There was no one to take care of you unless your son took care of you. It was just like, you died too. He said, she, she's, her husband's old. She doesn't have a son. And Elisha called her to him, and he said, this time next year, you will have a son in your arms. Had to be the biggest desire of her heart. And she said to him, don't, don't play around with this woman. She said, I don't want to be disappointed. She used different words. But one year later, she had the son, a promised son given to her by God. And he grew, the years passed, and he grew. And he was running out to the field to see his dad. He's running across the field to his father, and he said, oh, my head... It hurts. My head hurts. And the father motioned to a servant and said, run him to his mother. And so the mother picked up the son, picked the servant, picked up the son and ran to the mother. And she held him in her lap until noon. And he died. The promised son died. The Bible says he was dead at noon. She picked him up, 
She carried him up the stairs to the prophet's room. The prophet wasn't there. And she laid him on the bed, on the prophet's bed. And she went out and closed the door and walked down the steps. And she found her husband. And she said, I must have a donkey and a young man because I must run to the prophet. And he said, why are you going to see the prophet? It's, it's not the Sabbath. It's not a holy day. Why you need? And she said, she didn't say our son is dead. She did not say that. She said, it is well. Her son is laying there dead. She says to his father, it is well. I must see the prophet. So they run. She's on the donkey. They run through the crowd to Mount Carmel. I don't know how far it was. And the prophet, Elisha, sees her coming. And he says his servant out, Gehazi, and he says, ask her if it's well with her. Ask her if it's well with her husband. Ask her if it's well with her son. Three times. So Gehazi runs to her, and he said, is it well with you? And she says, it is well. Is it well with your husband? It is well. Is it well with your son? It is well. And she comes into the prophet's presence, and she throws herself down at his feet, just prostrated at his feet. And Gehazi starts to move her away because she shouldn't be touching the prophet either. Gehazi. Started moving her away. The prophet says, no, I feel the turmoil of her soul. But I don't know what's wrong. God hasn't told me. Now, is she going to say my son is dead? She did not. She said, you gave me a promise of a son. She reminded him of the promise. And when she did that, he immediately knew what had happened. See, he knew. And he said to Kahazi, take my staff, run to her son, and lay the staff on his face. And Kahazi, he said, if someone says, Greet you on the way, do not say anything to them. If you see someone you know, do not greet them. What he was saying is singleness of purpose. Run and lay my staff on his face. And Gehazi did that. And the prophet and the Shudamite woman followed behind. And Gehazi does it, and it seemed like nothing happened. He came back to them. They were on the road coming. He came back, and he said, I did exactly as you said, but nothing happened. Now, when Elisha got to the house, he climbed the steps. He went into the room by himself. He shut the door. He laid down on the young man, face to face, hand to hand, arm to arm, body to body. He laid down on him. The Bible does not tell us what he said or didn't say. And the child became warm. That wasn't enough. He wasn't healed. He became warm. Elisha came down the steps, and he walked back and forth through the house. Doesn't tell us how long he walked. You know what he's doing. He was communing with God. He was walking. See how the action is there? He was not sitting in a chair just thinking about it. He's walking. He's talking to God. And he climbs back up the stairs the second time. This has to do with the second coming. That's what the Lord told me, but I don't know what. It has to do with the second coming of Jesus. And he laid down. The second time, I'm sorry, no, I'm not, I'm hearing from God. He laid down 
the second time on the young man, face to face, hand to hand, and the young man sneezed seven times and woke up. And so he called the mother. She knelt at his feet, thanking him and praising God. She picked up her son and ran down the steps. Why did he sneeze seven times? You know, I'm always curious about these little things that get thrown in. If God says it was seven times, and seven is important. So I looked up the meaning, if I can find it in my notes, of seven times. It, seven means a lot of things. It means completion and perfection. It means exoneration and healing. It means the fulfillment of promise and oaths. The son was the son of a promise from God. She went back and she reminded the prophet of that. He sneezed seven times. It's so interesting how God works in a complete circle if we understand and follow and let our minds follow that circle all the way through. So how is this important to us? How does this tie in with what God is doing now, right here, today, and releasing praise? Negativeness the exact opposite of praise. We talk about prayer, and, you know, our, def our definition used to be begging a reluctant God to do what we want him to do. What a lousy definition of prayer. But that's the way a lot of us were raised and what we've done. Prayer and praise are the same thing at the same time. So you lift up the Lord. You lift up the Lord. When, when Ao was talking about uh, Jehoshaphat, when he was talking to him, totally, Lord, okay, I'll leave it just like that. Think about the Judahite woman a little bit longer. Did she one time say, my son is dead? No. Were the facts that her son was dead? That was the facts. She didn't speak them. She was looking for a miracle. We need to start looking for the miracles. We need to start expecting the miracles. When bad things happen, we need to look for the miracle. Our friend Bobby and Terry were in Ohio, and uh, they're praise leaders. They have a small group of people, probably like 20, 30 people, but they're so strong in praise, so strong. And, and they got a call, Terry did, that his brother in another city had had a heart attack, and if he wanted to see him alive, he needed to get the car and get there now. They, they weren't giving him any hope. And Terry got the message, and he hung up, and he and Bobby stood there. And he said, God told me that my brother would not die without accepting him as his Savior. So this cannot happen. They called different members of the church, said, meet us over at the church. They took a picture of his brother with them. They laid it on the floor right here in the center where they would gather and praise the Lord. And they begin to praise the Lord. They dance. They had flags. They were clapping their hands. They were shouting. They were praising the Lord. The man is there with them in the picture. They didn't say anything about him. They went on until they got the phone call that his brother was going to recover. They did not confess what the doctor said. They did not believe, more important, or as important, what the doctor said. They began to praise the Lord. Now, they knew they needed others with them. They needed the strength of numbers, and they praised the Lord. Isn't that awesome? 
what God can do. And Hale, there's one other story, incident. You know, I know that these have been difficult days and very difficult days for our nations. What are we going to say? It is well. Let's say that again. It is well. Now, we all face different, different circumstances. People say, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good under the circumstances. Or what are you under the circumstances for? What do we say? It is well. It is well. It is well. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. But, A.L., you were in Brazil. I saw this on video. I didn't get to be there. And you were in a city with a, with a couple we used to travel with quite a bit. Charles and Francis Hunter, healing evangelists. They were doing a big crusade. That stadium probably seated 20,000 people. Probably. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of it, but it was, it was big. And you know how they have had a flat place? They had had good praise, and they had talked to people about accepting Jesus as their Savior, and people had come down by the hundreds. The whole flat area is full of people who would received salvation. And then they would always say, now God has another gift for you. And they would lead them into the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now picture thousands of people here, and a thousand or more here. The evangelists on the platform, the people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they raised their hands, and they began praising the Lord in the Spirit in their new heavenly language. And they praise the Lord, 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 and they would not stop. No way for the meeting to go on. They had their hands, they want healing now. They were praising and praising and praising. And What happened? All of a sudden, there was just a, a shout, and I looked back, Way across the, the field, we were on the platform and looked back way across the, the, the field. And I saw this young man. He had been, he was in a wheelchair the last time I looked over there, but now he is leaping through the air. I don't know. He landed about 10, 12, maybe as far as 20 feet out there running out of that wheelchair. And everybody around him started running after him and they ran. It was a sports stadium, so they, we were, the whole field was covered with, with people. But out there, as he was running around the field, there was this huge multitude chasing him, running after, after him as he, was, as he was coming around. And all of a sudden, in that moment of faith, people started leaping out of wheelchairs all over that big stadium. I mean, it was awesome. And they were passing the wheelchairs over the heads of the people, up to the platform. And finally, that young man came around to the platform, came up the steps onto the platform. You mean like five or ten Oh, no, no. There was, just, I, I, I don't know. It's just like a sea of wheelchairs. There must, was there anything else? Were they just bright braces, crutches, and all kind of things and, and are, are just coming like a wave toward, toward the platform. I mean, every, it's like everybody that was there in a wheelchair or a brace or, or crutches or something, they were just passing them over up, up, up to the front. And that young man came up onto the platform, and he says, he says, I, I can't even understand what, what, what is going on. He said, the first thing I knew, I've been in that wheelchair a long time. I couldn't walk, and I'm leaping through the air and taking off running, and all these people were, were, were shouting and, and, and praising God, and it was absolutely awesome. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, he said, and, and I, I'm, not even a, I'm not even a Christian, but I want to be. 
and he accepted Jesus as his Savior, got baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, and I tell you, the, the, the place just ignited in faith. Oh, I tell you, with God, all things are possible. Facing with a situation like Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sarah, where, you know, coming, coming against Judah, which means praise, by the way. Oh, and there seemed like there was no way out but God. But with God, all things are possible. We were in Sedona, Arizona, driving toward the church one Sunday morning. And I don't know if you're familiar with Sedona, but it's beautiful, beautiful buffs. All sandstone, just unbelievably beautiful. But we were in an area that's flat, driving into Sedona. A.L.'s driving. I'm half awake, half asleep, praying about service, you know, that Sunday morning, what God wants to do. And I saw Jesus as the line of the tribe of Judah. And he was just laying there up in the sky, looking at A.L. and I, and just so relaxed and so big, stretched from horizon to horizon. You know, we think of God sometimes way too small. He was so big. I was so awestruck. I never said a word to A.L. We got to the church. I'm out, and I'm supposed to be setting up the book table, and I am still in that car seeing Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And during praise and worship, they had a whole section. There's probably several hundred there. They had five or seven people who blew the shofar, and they were all along the side of the room, and I didn't see them gather or anything. All of a sudden, I heard the sound of the shofars during the praise. Just went into the shofar sounding, and I looked over at the sound with surprise, and I looked right through the wall, and I saw the lion of the tribe of Judah standing strong. You know, like, like standing really strong, not just walking. And he was roaring. And I saw like cartoon lines like this going out from the roar. And things were toppling. Things were toppling everywhere. And I was, it was an awesome service. I was questioning the Lord why I saw him, the lion of the tribe of Judah, but I didn't hear him. I didn't hear the roar. And I kept asking the Lord, why didn't I hear the roar? And we were in praise and worship at the mountaintop encounter, just praising the Lord and praising the Lord. And the, the room was like electrified. As we praised the Lord, we got more into realizing what he had done to us, more in the spirit, more in the spirit, and more in the spirit. And everyone in the room, there's 300 there or more, we began to shout at the top of our lungs, just praises to God. It just, it just was coming in waves. And the Lord said to me, that's the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. He also said, I could never abbreviate in telling the story of what happened, his name. It is always the lion of the tribe of Judah. See, we think of Jesus as a sacrificial lamb, and that day has passed. Now, he's always will be the sacrificial lamb. Always will be. But the emphasis now is on Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Who is the tribe of Judah? The praisers. The praisers. See why the Lord is calling for us to praise him? I want to be a part of the tribe of Judah. I think you do too. I've seen your faces. You do. We all want to be. So, Al, you have a couple of verses, and then let's have the praise team take over. Hallelujah. So the, as the praise team is coming back, I want to share two scriptures from the book of Psalms. 
in Psalms chapter 46, verse 6. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. And then in Psalms 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing, to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is beautiful. Let's all stand before the Lord. And I believe, I believe that with everything within us, I, I think if he's worthy of our praise, if he's worthy of our praise, I think we ought to praise him with everything that's within us. Everything within us, we're going to praise him. And let the high praises of God, not the low praises, not the little, little sing me, lay me down to sleep praises. I know, no, no. The high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword, which is the word of God in our mouth. Are you ready to praise him with everything that's within us? Hallelujah. So let's welcome the praise team back onto the platform right now. Hallelujah.